This is Invest Talk. Independent thinking, shared success. Justin Klein and Steve Peasley stand ready to take your finance and investment questions and share their unbiased answers. Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial, a registered investment advisor firm serving clients throughout the United States. The clarity for your path forward starts now. Here is KPP Financial President, Financial Advisor, Steve Peasley. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Tuesday, May 16th, 2023. I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm here today on the radio and podcast to help you make the most of your portfolio decisions, your strategy decisions that you make. Now, as I say strategy decisions, not necessarily stock decisions, but that's primarily what we do quite a bit. But it, you, know, you got to have a strategy first, okay? So we'll talk about that if you wish to talk about it. And I'm always very careful to give you the straight and unbiased answers. I have no hidden agenda. I'm not trying to push anything on you. And the business of sound investing in the stock market requires that we look forward, backward, forward. The mindset of investors with regard to emotions and of fear and greed can affect your decisions. We, we, we don't talk about it all the time, but fear and greed are the two main emotions that you need to counteract or need to at least identify in yourself that you're reacting to fear or greed in your, your decisions. And you shouldn't. Try to, you try not to react to any fear or greed. Okay? Now, this program and podcast is driven by your participation, not by me, not by what I want to talk about today, even though I have things I want to talk about. But you drive the show, and that's because you. it is a call-in show, and you call in and ask your questions. The number is 888-99-CHART, and you can call in right now, 888-99-CHART. My focus points today uh, are the story, how do new I-bonds, you know, I-bonds are inflation bonds, compare with CDs and savings accounts? With savings rates expected to cool later this year, some experts say I-bonds may be the best way to grow your portfolio, grow your money. Remember, if interest rates come down, bonds generally go up in value. That's the same is true for our I-bonds, but I-bonds have uh, act a little bit differently, and we'll talk about that. Time permitting, i got some other topics we'll talk about, retail sales and some of the economic numbers released. Warren Buffett uh, sells shares in two banks. He gets out of them completely, but he also adds to two banks. So we'll talk about which those bank, which banks those are. And April's CPI and PPI numbers, they're talking, you know, we those are consumer price inflation and producer price inflation. So we're talking about inflation numbers because the federal government, the Federal Reserve looks at those numbers. And one other thing, talk about oil, prices, price of oil, price of a barrel of oil. So hopefully we can get to those things. That's what I would like to do if we can. It's Trivia Tuesday. My question today will concern disruptor companies. Again, that's coming up at the halfway point of the podcast. So I've got a lot of planned for this episode and podcast. And, of course, I will take live calls, 888-99-CHART, and I will be happy to do that. The market was down today. The Dow was down 337. 
The Nasdaq was only down 22 points, and the S&P 500 was down 26 points. So the Dow uh, had the bad day today. So that's what happened in the market today. I think the market was worried about uh, the debt ceiling. Remember, that's coming up, what, 15 days or something like that? So, you know, the, the, the absolute limit when we start to default on our bonds, we're not going to default, but yeah, that's when we're supposed to start defaulting. So let's go ahead and take our first uh, voicemail question. Hey, guys, this is uh, Brian in Florida again. I just wanted to call and get your take on CF Industries. I know you guys were a fan of it for a period of time, and it was uh, kind of a play on natural gas prices. I'm just curious, you know, where you see this going. You know, is it a good entry price at this point? Looking forward to it, I know it's, you know, probably somewhat levered to natural gas. So just wanted to get your take on it. Yep, let me know. I'll be listening on the podcast. Well, it's still a very it's still a very healthy company. CF Industries Holdings manufactures nitrogen fertilizers, included urea, ammonia nitrate, and ammonia uh, different types of ammonia nitrate and urea type of uh, fertilizers in North America. Uh, it made eighteen dollars a share in two thousand twenty two, and now in two thousand twenty three, estimate is nine dollars. Right, that's almost a fifty percent cut, or a little over a fifty percent cut. And next year, another eighteen percent to seven dollars and forty cents. The stock is sixty-four dollars and ninety-three cents. So that means the PE ratio is still, you know, nine. Still pretty low, but the five-year range is four to one hundred and fourteen. So it's not that low based on the upcoming earnings next year. And sales are starting to fall down, or maybe the sales are not, but the price of their products is probably coming down. So uh, that you know is deflationary, not inflationary, and it's going to affect them. So I don't know if I would say this is the low of this cycle for them. I think I would rather see them go down to about fifty bucks a share before I'd be interested. Uh, they pay a dividend of 2.5%. Return equity is very, very, very healthy at 93%. They have some debt, but not enough. Cash flow is very strong at $24 a share, $24.06. And mutual funds are mm, a little bit more now than a year ago, but about the same. So, yeah, I, I do like the company. I think it's very healthy. I think long-term, it's, you know, commodity prices are uh, commodity stocks are a pretty good value at this point, and I do like value over growth. Um, but I do think we're also getting close to the end of the interest rate increases. Therefore, if they start lowering their rates, then growth stocks might outperform value for a while. But long-term, I think value is where you want to be, and this is a pretty good value stock. But we're also dealing with the economic cycle. Are we peaking on our economic cycle? If that's the case, this company is very economically sensitive. So I'd be careful. Be careful at this price. We're going to take a quick break. Please remember that you can call anytime and leave your question on the InvestTalk Voice Bank. Or if you're listening via live stream or on AM 1220 radio in the San Francisco Bay Area, you can call now. 888-99-CHART. When listener questions are played on the Invest Talk podcast, 
How do you guys determine a value stock? The caller voices are amplified many thousands of times. Just wanted to get your opinion on JP Morgan and BAC. How do you see this uh, looking forward? I'm 25 years old and have a question about retirement funds. And the unbiased answers from Justin Klein. That's why it's trading so cheap because there's a lot of regulatory risk. And Steve Peasley. I, I kind of like it here. If I was going to buy Tyson food, this is where I'd buy it. Benefit the entire Invest Talk community. Thank you for what you guys do. That's why 24 7, rain or shine, no matter how simple or how complex, your questions make a difference. Symbol BKE, what's your outlook? And Invest Talk is made better by the power of you. So don't forget to call 888 99 Chart. Steve Peasley is here and ready to take your calls live. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Okay, um, what do you want to talk about, everybody? We can talk about eh, we can talk about anything financial. Again, 888-992-4278 is my number. How the new I-bonds rate compares to CDs and savings accounts. So it looks like the new I-bonds are pretty um, playing a pretty good rate at this point and they're pretty much on par with some of the highest rates of the banks. Like PNC Bank is paying 4.5% right now in savings rate. SoFi Bank is paying 4.2%. Okay, uh, so those are pretty high rates. Uh, Marcus uh, uh, by Goldman Sachs, Marcus paying 5.05%. Okay, uh, and BMO 5.10. Okay, and those are special offers. But what are uh, where what are I bonds paying? Well, I bonds are paying. Well, let me go back here. I bonds are paying a little over four percent, four point oh eight, four point three. Okay, you can get four point three for I bonds. Uh, now, got to remember, I-bonds are, are two pieces. This is the difference. The I-bond pays a flat rate. Right now, that's nine-tenths of a percent. And then they add the inflation rate to that. And the problem with that is that they will re- the, every six months, the inflation rate is adjusted to the current inflation at that time. Therefore, it's variable. It changes every six months. So, whereas a savings rate might change sooner, CD rates don't change until they expire. And you can get pretty high CD rates right now if that's what you want. Okay, now, what will change these rates is the direction of the Federal Reserve interest rates, right? Their their, uh, overnight rate, that will change what that's the rate that they lend money to banks. That will change and the banks will then uh, change that rate to you and me and their savings rates and their CD offerings. And so it's not just a simple thing, which one to pick. It's not. Okay. And you have to decide for yourself. Do you want to tie up your money for a year and a CD or longer with a bond? You have to make those decisions. Okay. 
Um, and some of these CD rates, you had to put up maybe ten thousand dollars. You know, it's not just you know there might be minimums. The ones I was reading off to you earlier just now, they don't have minimums. One does have thousand dollars. One has a five hundred. Uh, PNC has a dollar. SoFi has SoFi has no minimum. So you know it varies depending on you, depending on what bank you want to go, depending on what you what you're interested in. I like to use uh, if I'm going to look at savings rates and CD rates, I like to use a website called Bankrate.com. I really like that website. It has more than just savings and CD rates, but I do like it, and they they will list some of the highest rates that are out there in the different banks. Okay. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. Is that what we're going to? No, we're not. Uh, let's keep it moving. Let's go. Let's keep it moving. Let's uh, go to another voicemail that came in earlier from Rhode Island. Hi, this is Carlo from Rhode Island. I was trying to get your idea about APLE Apple Hospitality Reincorporated. Thank you. Okay, APLE, Apple, House, Apple Hospitality REIT, Real Estate Investment Trust, and invests in income-producing real estate primarily in the lodging sector in the United States. Okay, so lodging, you know, hotels, motels, that's what they invest in. And that's very cyclical, as you know. And we are, and again, you have to decide if we're at the top of the cycle, the bottom of the cycle, middle of the cycle. And I would submit to you that we're probably closer to the um Top of the cycle as it's rolling over downward. That's what I would think. So therefore, you know, a read, a hospitality read might be difficult. And a lot of reads are not doing well because of the rise in interest rates. Because what do reads do? They borrow money to buy properties. That's generally what they do. Uh, not all of them operate the same, but they do. This one doesn't have a lot of debt, which is good. Uh, it pays a 6.3%. Dividend, but probably won't be able to do that uh, this year. Remember, REIT has to pay 90% of its income, and that means income in the form of a dividend to you to qualify as a REIT, and they're going to make $0.88 cents next year. Well, that means that 6% of a $15 stock, that's 90 over $0.90. Cents. They, they can't, they're not going to pay more than they earn. So the the yield for the going forward will probably come down a bit, okay? But the sales are still growing in the most recent quarter, and that was uh, the March quarter. Uh, sales grew twenty percent. So that this you know the economy is still holding up pretty well, and as long as it does, if if the Federal Reserve can avoid a recession, then this is probably the time you want to buy a REIT. The best time to buy a REIT is when interest rates are falling. And I don't see that yet, even though the inflation numbers are coming down. Okay, we're headed, we're headed into a break, everybody. Justin Klein are happy to play your recorded voice bank questions, but we love taking live calls. Our number never changes, and it never closes. 888-99-CHART. got finance and investment questions and Justin Klein and Steve Peasley are ready with their unbiased answers. Don't forget to call InvestTalk 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve and Justin, this is Art from Tucson. 
I'm looking at a small cap chemical company called Advan 6 Inc. A-S-I-X. I believe this was featured in uh, one of your newsletters a while back. Looks like a good, solid company. I have a small position in it now and thinking about cost averaging into it, maybe buying some more now. It beat earnings, and yet it dropped recently, and wondering if now is a good buying opportunity for this diversified small chemical company. has some exposure to agriculture and uh, engineering, industrial products, so forth. Anyway, interested in your opinion, and um, I'll listen on the podcast. Thanks. Well, it's a solid company, Advan 6, uh, A-S-I-X, makes and sells nylon 6 polymer resins used to produce uh, engineered plastics, fibers, filaments, and films. Uh, it, it's, gonna, it's made money for a long time. Uh, it made $6.28 coming out of the COVID you know, slump. Uh, per share, and then this year it's going to make $4.24 and $4.88 next year. Pays a small dividend. It's a $920 million market cap company, so it is a small cap. Small caps can be pretty volatile, okay, uh, and it's selling for $33.39. So it's like a, what, 7, 8, 8 PE range, 7, 8 PE range. Um, based on next year's earnings estimates, and the range is 5 to 46 over the last five years on a PE. So it's on the lower end. Return equity is very good at 27%. Mutual funds have been net sellers, and that's probably why it peaked a little over $50, $55 or so back in March, and now it's at 33 because mutual funds have been selling off. And it's pretty darn cyclical, so the belief by a lot of investors is that it's gonna, the, it, it's it's already peaked, and the earnings are gonna go down. That's the belief, and so it's still a very solid company, and management owns four percent of it. So it depends on your time horizon. It's a good value, okay. But being small means it's gonna be pretty volatile. So you're just gonna have to. Be careful. Um, again, I don't. You know, thirty dollars seems to be about its low point, and that seems to be the hopefully the bottom for this company. Thirty-three, thirty-nine, thirty-three, thirty-nine. Now, retail sales came in. It was up four tenths of one percent in April. The problem with that is it's half what the experts expected. They expected eight tenths of one percent. Home Depot missed. And they cut their guidance going forward. Why is that important? Well, a lot of people, you know, if they're if they're content, they fix their houses up, and if they're confident, they'll Home Depot sales go up. On the other hand, builders are very confident. So, kind of a mix. You would think if builders are confident, then um, buyers of homes are confident, and therefore Home Depot's numbers would be better. But they're not. And it might be um, for the market, not just Home Depot, but for the rest of the market, it might be more related to the debt ceiling, uh, come, you know, the, the deadline coming up here um, as far as being overhanging the market and being kind of depressing uh, for investors. Um, so we, we will have to see how that works its way out um, before we can really decide, well, 
you know, what direction the market's going to take. Right now, it seems to be, it seems like the investors are waiting for another foot to drop. And I mentioned that uh, before that I think that foot might be commercial real estate, uh, defaulting on commercial real estate loans. But we talked about that last week. So I still think it's an issue. Okay. Um, Jeff from uh, Butox, Maine had a call. PLTR was a stock he wanted to talk about. I'm looking for your feedback regarding Plantor stock, ticker PLTR. I thought uh, some shares, I bought some shares around $6, and I'm wondering if I should continue to hold my position or harvest some profits following the big update last week. So it's at $9.47, so that's about, what, a 50% up time, up move for him, a 50% profit. It's a ni- almost a $20 billion company, develops software for institutions to protect individual privacy and prevent misuse of information. Um, it's going to make $0.24 cents a share. It's kind of expensive. Sales are growing nicely, though, 18 17 22% in the last three quarters. So sales are growing nicely. Return on equity is low at 6%. I think I'd take some profits off the table. i still hold on to it, but I'd, I definitely would take some profits off the table. Okay, you've probably heard the term disruptor company. It is usually referring to a creative product or idea, usually by an up-and-coming company with fewer resources that disrupts an existing market, sometimes even taking it over. So, so as we go to break, here's my trivia question. Can you name an example of a well-known disruptor company? And do you recognize one or two names of up-and-coming potential disruptor companies? I will supply the answer after the break. My best off lines are open, 888-99-CHART. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It is official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach 
involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. Everybody wants a secure financial future, but getting there takes strategy, discipline, and the right information. Steve Peasley is ready to provide his unbiased answers, so don't forget to call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Okay, I gave you a trivia question before, so uh, we got to get to it. Can you name an example of the well-known disruptor company? And do you recognize one or two names of upcoming potential disruptor companies? Well, here, here are the answers. In a marketplace that's more crowded than ever, today's brands need to shout louder and accomplish more if they're going to capture the attention of their target audiences. Disruption is something that has existed in every industry all around the world for a very, very long time. So every time someone experiments with a new idea... And that concept earns the attention and respect of an audience, a disruptor, a disruptor brand is then born. So today, disruptors are most often associated with the fast-moving tech industry. Okay, so first I will give you a couple of examples of brands that we recognize as disruptors, brand, brand names, okay? How about Airbnb? Airbnb. It's an innovative service that gives homeowners an opportunity to rent their homes and apartments out to travelers at a low price. It is a platform that's put a huge dent in the way hotel industry works, and it has allowed more people than ever before to explore the world. Airbnb. How about Netflix? Remember Netflix when it first started and it was small? Netflix is another textbook example. Textbook example of one of the most disruptive brands in the world. They start off as a pretty boring business idea, mailing out DVDs to customers who wanted a blockbuster movie to watch, and then it took off from there. They didn't want to go to blockbuster videos. Remember all the video stores in every corner? Then you could do that with Netflix by mail order. And at the time, it said, well, that, that, is that going to really take off? And it did. You know it did. They went through live streaming, movies, started making their own content, getting content from other sources. Now, many people consider Netflix as part of just, you know, that's what they have. Everybody has Netflix. Okay, now let's look at names of a few top, maybe from the top 50 disruptor lists from CNBC. Okay. Uh, these are private companies, though, that are chasing some of the market's biggest opportunities. And they, you know, so it's not public. You, it would be very difficult to get into it at this stage. So, how about OpenAI? 
artificial intelligence. Brex, B-R-E-X, a better Silicon Valley banker. Canva, a new face on graphic design. Relative space, relative space, the first 3D printer rocket takes off. Relative space. Wiz, next level cloud security. Alto, Alto Pharmaceutical, it's an online pharmacist. Okay, there's a few, there's, there's, there's a few more, many more in other names, but it's always, so many of them are come out of the cloud or security or financial transactions. And it's, it's something that's very difficult to know who's going to be the next big thing. If it wasn't difficult, then everybody would be buying the next big company thing, right? But it's very difficult. I mean, what, two weeks ago I was talking about Price Club and, you know, selling $10 a share back in, what, 1985 when it first came on? Was that a disruptor? It certainly was in the retail business. And now you bought a $10 share when it IPO'd, and now it's worth, what, well over $100,000 a share? So what is the disruptors out there? It's hard to find. Let's grab a voice paint question from a listener in Florida from 888-99-CHART. Hey, guys, this is uh, Brian in Florida again. I just wanted to call and get your take on CF Industries. I know you guys were a fan of it for a period of time. And it was uh, kind of a play on natural gas prices. I'm just curious. Hello, this is Randy, the truck driver from Iowa. Now I'm in Illinois today. I have a question. Uh, some time back, oh, a year or two ago, I heard you talk about uh, dividend reinvesting and that rather than let it just let the dividends go back into the company for reinvestment, to hold it in your sweep account and therefore you could choose where you wanted it to go. I'm curious, is that still how you feel, or is it better to just let it be reinvested back into the company? Uh, for example, uh, 3M pays, um, I forget the percentage, but it comes out to be a dollar and a half, a quarter, $6 a year. Should I just let that go back into 3M, or should I let that collect with my other dividend-paying company's amounts and then uh, selectively pick stocks to either purchase or to invest in at that time or to, uh, to build up the positions in the other stocks. You have a great show. I have learned a whole bunch, even though I still don't know hardly anything. Thank you very much and keep up the good work. Well, that's a tough question, uh, only in the sense that, you know, it's easy to make the decision, but do you need more shares in 3M, for instance? You, you mentioned 3M, so let's talk about 3M. So if you have a good portion of your portfolio and remember we like three to five percent and then if it grows more and more and more then you would rebalance it downward you know cut cut some of it but if you don't have three to five percent then you maybe want more shares especially if the price keeps coming down i'd like i i i don't necessarily like to reinvest my dividends in a stock that's going down 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 i'd rather reinvest my my dividends in shares of the company of the stock going up. And 3M has been falling pretty hard, but 3M is also a huge blue chip company, $54 billion in size, paying a 6.1% dividend, and it can afford to pay that 6.1% dividend. And uh, even though sales have been slowly coming down in the recent four quarters, uh, you know, so uh, it's a tough question. 
do you have enough dividend-paying stocks in your portfolio? Therefore, you maybe need to buy more of them. If you have plenty of them, then maybe you want them to reinvest in the company. So it's it's not just a straight yes or no answer. It really depends on your you know, your portfolio and the strategy you're trying to develop. Sounds like you're trying to develop a dividend-paying strategy, uh, which is nothing wrong with that. I know Warren Buffett likes, lets the dividends reinvest many times in the company he owns. I know that, but not always. So it's up to you. Now, 3M right now is selling at a at a, a, about 11 PE, and this five-year range is 10 to 23. But the stock has been coming down, 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 still coming down. Return equity is really good at 38%. I mean, the fundamentals of the company are very good, even though sales are slowly trickling down. They usually do on a downward-sloping economic recovery or economy. So I think that's what they're anticipating. Okay? 888-99-CHART. Love to talk to you. Uh, Warren Buffett selling uh, two banks. He sold out of two banks he was holding. Uh, a Bank of New York Mellon and U.S. Bank Corp sold all the shares that he held in them. But he also added to two banks that he already owns. He added to Bank of America and Capital One. Now, he knows the size of the ones he added to, huge, big banks he added. Okay? Now, Bank of New York Mellon is not tiny as either as U.S. Bank Corp, but those are the ones he sold out of. So just to let you know what he's doing. Of course, we only know after he does it. We don't know what he does, what he's doing right this minute. We only know Berkshire Hathaway, his company, what they've done in the most recent quarter after the quarter. So that's that's what we have. So I don't know if he's keen on banks. He's keen on big ones. And I think I've mentioned it many times. I don't have a problem with the big, big, big guys, but not the small, medium-sized guys. I don't even though I notice that there are more and more interest in those banks, you know, for people investing into them. So, okay. Uh, Justin Klein, I have been telling you for a while now that we are in the market environment, a new market environment, and we have to deal with cycles. And their cycles are part of everyday life, economic cycles, stock market cycles. And if you're a serious investor, you need to adjust your thinking and your strategy to fit the times that you're in. And that doesn't mean you change all the time. That means you, we now, uh, we might be, in, we're still in an environment where we're in an environment of rising interest rates because the Fed has not really told us they're not going to raise rates, but we're getting hints that they might be very close or they might be done. So, you know, if we get a change in direction of interest rates, then we'll be in a new, different environment. So we have to adjust for that. So are we there yet? No, we are not. So if you're, you know, if you're not sure what you need to do in the environment we're in, or you're not sure of the environment we're in, then that's why where we might be able to help you with 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 the decisions you're making, the strategy you're trying to develop. You know, we are money managers. We manage individuals' accounts, retirement accounts, uh, joint accounts, individual accounts. That's what we do. We're in Orange County, California, which is between L.A. and San Diego. We're actually in Irvine, the city of Irvine in South Orange County. Um, and I'll remind you that we at KPP Financial operate with a philosophy of independent thinking and shared success. And that means we offer unbiased guidance. We don't have anybody that we have to kowtow to. No company tells us to do anything. 
know, a large custodian or whatever of the accounts. We don't. We also practice parallel investing. I mean, we buy the same things for ourselves we do for our clients. We have a number of strategies, and these, these strategies have different risk profiles. So you just have to, to sell us. We have to discuss and have a conversation what kind of risk you want to take. And then we'll take a look at your portfolio to make sure it's taking that risk that you want to take. And if not, we'll help you. You know, we'll help you with it. If you don't want to hire us, that's okay. You know, we'll still help you. So give us a call. We'll talk about it. We'd love to see your portfolio. And then once we take a look at the portfolio, we'll be ha- happy to sit down and call you. We do it via Skype, telephone, any way you want to. Okay? And we can help anybody in any state in the United States. We're licensed in all of them. Okay? Um, so give us a shot. Give us a shot. Let us help you. We want to help you if you let us. Now, we've up to 52.7 million downloads. Justin and I thank you for that. We are very appreciative. And next, I will tackle tackle another caller question, so just hang on. In today's world, a variety of factors are affecting the stock markets. Serious investors know building a secure financial future requires hard work and determination. That's why now, more than ever, when it comes to the planning, execution, and maintenance of your portfolio, you need InvestTalk. InvestTalk is a free download, 24-7, rain or shine. The InvestTalk listener line is open and waiting for your questions. 888-99-CHART. Hey, can I have your opinion on buying this stock for a long-term investment? N-E-M. N-E-M. Thank you so much. Okay, I think that's Newmont Mining, isn't it? Uh, Produces gold in the United States, Australia, Canada, Ghana, Peru, um, uh, Mexico, Argentina, Dominican Republic. It's a $35, $36 billion company, very large. And, you know, it it really will depend on the price of gold, wouldn't it? When gold goes up, it'll go up. They're going to make $2.29 this year. That's up 24% from last year. And then next year, up another 14% to 261 And it's a $45 stock. So that doesn't necessarily mean it's cheap. It's not. It's right in the middle of its range, PE-wise, price-earnings ratio. Return on equity is kind of low at 7%. Pays a 3.5% dividend, which is not in danger. That's a pretty solid dividend. You're not going to have to worry about that. It will pay that. Has some debt, but not that much. Uh, mutual funds have been net sellers for the last year, down about down from 2800 to 2600 So, And sales are starting to fall. You know, remember, sales can fall two ways. One, they don't, they're not mining on more gold. Two, the uh, price of the gold goes down. So, you know, uh, I like it, but I probably would wait for a pullback here, maybe in the high 30s. It's at 45 now. Okay? This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here to help you achieve financial freedom. And our work continues after this break. So get your questions in now. 888 99 chart. Have you heard about Riskalyze? It's a brief question and answer form that you fill out online. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein will also get a copy of your responses. They can use the Riskalyze results to help you formulate a strategy that fits your investing risk tolerance. Learn more anytime and take the Riskalyze quiz at investtalk.com. 
Hi, Steve and Justin. This is Kevin calling from La Crescenta, California. Thanks again for all your for your show and all your advice and information. I have a question about a company called Lidos Holding ticker is L D O S. Took a big hit after earnings, and uh, I was looking at purchasing it closer to the ninety dollar price per share range, and now it's hovering around eighty dollars. Seems like a good entry point. Trying to see what your thoughts are before I go ahead and and make a, a small purchase here. I appreciate your advice. Thank you. Okay, it's Lidos Holdings, LDOS, provides scientific technology solutions primarily in the areas of national security, health, and engineering. Um, It's a good, solid company, makes money. It's going to make $7.31 next year, up 11% from this year. This year, it's flat from year to year. Last year to this year, it's flat, $6.57. But it missed its earnings, uh, uh, the estimate that was was, – that the experts were calling for and it missed it. And that's why it sank pretty hard. Um, but Stifle, a big money house, has maintained their buy recommendation on it. But it's still going down. I think I would wait uh, because it was still falling. It's, it's got to stop falling and start you know, showing some strength before I th- suggest you buy it. So it's still falling. It fell sharply when it the, missed its earnings and it's still the, for the last week or two is still falling. So you never want to try to catch what we call, don't try to catch a falling knife. It's going to cut you bad. Wait till it stops falling. Wait till it starts to come back up. Then you buy it. Okay? April CPI, Consumer Price Index, uh, 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 is up 4.9% year over year. The PPI, Producer Price Index, at the producer level, is up 2.3%. Those are much lower numbers than we were dealing with before. So inflation seems to have peaked. That's what it looks like. It looks like CEOs are backing off their excuse. And they're using inflation as an excuse why they missed their numbers. Looks like they're starting to back off that, that reasoning for they're missing their numbers. So I think inflation going forward has finally peaked. And I've told you before, and I'm sure Justin has also, that we think inflation is just going to remain elevated. Remember, the Federal Reserve's target is 2%. We're not going to see that for, I think, a number of years. I think this is the area that's going to hang around, 4 or 5%. And, this, and I'm talking about the CPI number, 4 or 5%. I think that's going to, going to hang around for some time. Oil, do you know oil has been, is, per barrel is down for the year from year to date? I mean, when it was January, uh, when it was on January 1st, it was $76.93 a barrel. Now it's $70.53. So about 10%. It peaked at $83.26 on April 12th. So oil is no longer adding to the inflation picture. Now, could it start to move up? Sure. And especially if economies start to show strength, you know, instead of Remember, there's a belief right now by a lot of people that the economies are have peaked and they're going to slow down going forward because the Federal Reserve raised rates uh, quite a bit, and that's going to slow down the economy. Eventually, it's going to hit us, and we're going to see numbers that aren't so good. And you could argue that the April uh, uh, retail sales number, which half from half the expectations, 
of the number was supposed to be eight tenths of percent, said it was four tenths of percent, that are we maybe we're seeing that slowdown. Now that's that's possible, and maybe that's why the market's acting poorly because you know they expect they meaning investors and the experts expect the economy to slow down. Many t- many times when you expect something to happen, that alone makes it happen. Did you change your habits? If people expect to have a hard time going forward, they stop spending. And our economy is consumer driven. So you gotta, you know, even though the numbers still look good, you gotta remember look forward. Don't look backward, look forward. I'm CPs, and this completes another Invest Out program. Justin Klein and I, thank you for listening. And we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about our free podcast downloads. We would appreciate it. You can get your downloads anytime at iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. And please be sure to rate and review us. Uh, if you download it with iTunes, download our show on iTunes. Remember, you can follow us. Follow us on Invest Talk on social media. Invest Talk with two T's. Independent thinking, share success. This is Invest Talk. Good night, everybody. Invest Talk is a trademark of KPP Financial. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, It's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them. Specifically, nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell security. Because such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor firm which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein is chief executive officer of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial. Thank you for listening and your comments and questions are welcome on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.